the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we are now a little over a month, two, almost two months into this brand new year, and we've already seen many, many new challenges. We've been challenged with extreme weather. We've been challenged with tragic mass shootings. We've been challenged with horrific earthquakes in different parts of the world, particularly in Turkey and Syria, 5,000 people lost their lives. We've been challenged not only with disasters, but we're constantly challenged with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And these challenges try to keep us from moving forward. And we tend to slide backward instead. But the way we stay in a forward motion is to every day stay in tune with God, stay in tune with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. We got to stay in tune. Tonight, we'll bring you part seven in our new series entitled, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. Well, for this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, uplifting and yet challenging introduction. We always appreciate the way you let the Lord use you. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and... We know you're going to be blessed tonight, and we want to encourage you to get uh, to a table and get your pens and your papers and your uh, notes and uh, Bible and be blessed because we are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. Uh, And we have been talking about, as Brother Gary has said, uh, how to stay in tune with a master tuner. And every day of our lives, we need to have Jesus to... Give us a tune-up. We need a tune-up because we get to the point in our lives where we are not running right, and we're not doing what God calls us to do. And when you get away from prayer, you get away from the Bible, and you get away from church, and you get away from accountability, and you get away from seeking God's face daily and humbling yourself and allowing him to Increase, as John the Baptist said, and he said, I must decrease and he must increase. Greatest theology that John the Baptist could have ever given to the world. And so we want to encourage you to uh, 
allow the Lord to give that tune-up in your life daily, uh, you know, and we know how he wants to do that by us being tuned up into his likeness. And don't you know, my friend, that this is the number one thing that Satan attacks is the Imago Dei. That's the Greek word for the image of God. You remember God said way back there in the first book, the 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Remember back there in Genesis 1 and 26, God reminds us that he created us in his image and likeness. And that is the number one thing that Satan is attacking today, is the Imago Dei. Look at the way so many people are confused and all this transgender stuff and all of this madness is going on with, uh, you know, homosexuality and lesbianism and men acting when God created man to be masculine. He's acting feminine. And we got all this woke stuff that's going on, and we need to be awakened, not awoke. And uh, the devil is just having his way with man letting Satan come in and discombobulate the likeness, man being created, and the likeness and image of God. And Satan has distorted that. He has attacked that and uh, tried to ruin this, trying to ruin that in man's life. And he knows that that is the number one thing that hurts God, is man not reflecting and being reflectors of God's, uh, image, and that's why Jesus came, to bring us back to the image, because Satan messed that thing up in the Garden of Eden, my friend. He really messed us up, reflecting God's image, and you need to repent. You need to confess your sin. You need to get back to being like Christ. That's what Paul says, let this mind, Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, now we know that this is the number one thing that Paul brings out in Romans chapter 1. He talks about how uh, the enemy has come in and he has uh, caused man to change the natural into the unnatural. You know, and that's the number one thing Satan attacks. And we need to preach on this. We need to teach on this. And we need to teach our children. See, they're trying to destroy our children, you know, mutilating uh, their physical aspects on them and trying to make a boy into a girl and vice versa. There's nothing but Satan, Satan at work. And uh, the world is given into it. And anytime you mess with God's creation, you mess it with God, my friend. That's not a thing you want to be doing. And, you know, even in the sports world, you know, a lot of people today, they're more into sports than uh, the Holy Spirit. See, they notice the dictator to us. And, you know, there's a lot of people, they want to be a Dr. J. They want to be like Dr. J, like Reggie J, like uh, Kareem J, and used to be OJ. They used to be OJ. They wanted to be like OJ Simpson but they don't want to be J. Jesus. And that's what we need. We need to be grab that J. Jesus and be like him. 
you know, because none of those sports figures can save you, my friend. None of them can save you. Because they're going to have to give an account for themselves. And tonight, so I want to talk to you about being in tune with God in the everyday as a goal of our Christian lives and reflecting his likeness. Now, it is a goal that we must commit to not just on Sunday, but every day of our lives. The Bible teaches in Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Our vision and goals can become a nightmare if we don't follow up and persuade uh, and follow them and constantly pursue them, rather, pursue them uh, every day in our lives. Now, so how do we stay in tune with God to be like Christ? And Jesus is our major example on how to be like Christ. A lot of people want to be like many things. But what about being like J. Jesus? That's the number one thing that I'm striving to be like every day of my life. And I want so I want to talk about three ways on how we should be like Jesus, because Jesus is our major example on how to be like him. I'm going to talk to you about three ways, and I want you to encourage you to write these three ways down. All right, number one. So to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, we are to do nothing on our own. Deny ourselves, take up our, uh, his cross and follow him. We are to live by God's will alone and not our own will. That's the problem that got the enemy kicked out of heaven, uh, the devil. Because you read Isaiah uh, 14, it says about five times, I will be like, I will, I will. And that's the thing that gets us away from the will of God and being like Christ. It's constantly trying to execute our will over God's will. We have to keep on the full arm of God daily so that we will not get distracted from listening to God speaking to us daily and leading us and guiding us by His Spirit. Because see, His Holy, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to be more like Jesus. Don't you know that? And this is something that we don't hardly talk about enough, do we? We talk a lot about Jesus. But how often do you talk about the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I'm leaving you another comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you power. Uh, there's two Greek words for power. One is exousia, and uh, that's uh, dealing with God's authority power. God is giving you the authority to be like Christ. And then the other Greek word is dunamis. And that's in uh, Acts 1 and 8. And Exodus is in one, uh, John 1 and 12. Now, the Holy Spirit will give you power. You don't have enough power of your own. And he needs to not only take residence, but he must become president in our lives. Now, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help us to be like Christ. You know, and you say, how did he do that? Well, you call on his greatness, my friend. You know what it says in First John 4 and 4? You know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you've uh, been allowing the devil, the flesh, and the world to 
get you away from the likeness of Christ, call on the Holy Spirit's power to just get you to that point. And when the Holy Spirit convicts you, then start studying the Word of God daily and praying and grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and never act independent, but dependent on Him and stay in alignment. And because that's the thing that will keep you in tune with the Master too. And now, number two, in order to be like Jesus, we are to be in close relationship with God daily in our lives. The closer we are to God by praying and studying His Word and telling others about Him, we will start to be like Jesus. You know what? You know when you want to be like Him? I talked about you know, you know, this first point, Holy Spirit empowering us to be like him. But when you get into the Word and get the Word of God into you, you'll see all in the Bible how it te- teaches us how to be like him. But if you're ignorant of the Word of God and you'll study it, you're not going to know how to be like Christ. You're going to be like everybody else in the world. So I want to be like my mama. I want to be like my daddy. Well, it's good if they are good Christian role models, but they're not going to get you into heaven. They didn't come to die for you. They didn't come to die for your sins, nor did your children. you got to be more like him. You know, that's the important thing that God wants you to do in, in life. You know, we're not perfect, but he is the perfect one that can help us to be in unity and oneness with him and purpose and action, and then we can start reflecting him. Number three, and lastly... How do we be like Jesus? We are to do exactly what God wants us to do. What is that that God wants us to do? What does he want us to do? Well, he wants us to be uh, people that's constantly being in submission and obedient to him as king of our lives, Lord of our lives, ruler of our lives. Don't, do you know, don't you know this? If somebody asks you a test about, what is the number one thing that Jesus preached on more so than anything else in the Bible? You know what the answer to that is? The kingdom of God. Why do you talk about the kingdom so much? Because he wants to be a king in your life. You can't get to heaven unless you allow him to be king and ruler of your life. You know, you say, well, I believe in him. That's good. But you better be obedient to him. What he tells you in the Bible, you better be faithful and obedient. If you want to get to heaven, my friend, it's not where you say, well, I just accepted him. That's good enough. No, you've got to be obedient. Do you think that you can keep a job by just saying, oh, I just believe in the job? <laughs> you know what? If you're not doing what they delegate to you to do, you're going to lose that job. If you don't do what the doctor tells you to do, you may die. There are certain things in life that is uh, encourage you to do and commands you to do, and if you don't do it, you're in trouble. The same thing with Jesus. You can't just be, you know, saying, I believe. No, you got to be obedient in that belief as king of your life, as ruler of your life. The central goal, the central goal in him being master tuner of your life is that you got to be a discerner and be obedient and submissive to what he wants you to do as king. Now, I'm going to close on this. Pray for you right now. I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I recognize, this is the first R, I recognize that I am a sinner. The second R, I repent of my sins. 
third R, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Dear Lord, empower me by your Spirit to do your will, to deny myself and follow you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jeremy. Well, all right, it's time to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the call, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We want to thank all of you who have always been praying for us here at Contending for the Faith. We appreciate those prayers. This is a prayer-driven ministry. Without those prayers, we know there's no way we could be on the air as long as we've been on the air. The second thing we want to thank you for is for your faithful giving. You know, this is a is a listener-supported ministry, and we need that support constantly and consistently, especially these days. We want to encourage you to step up to the plate and hit a home run for contending for the faith. We need that support. We need your your continuous and consistent prayer as well as your continuous and consistent giving to keep this program going. Dr. Buckner and I do not take a salary. Everything that is given goes right back into paying for radio time. And I don't have to get into the cost of radio time. Just take it from me. It's not cheap. And so we need your help. We need your constant help and constant giving to keep this ministry on the air. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. It's that simple. It'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And we just want to encourage you to continue to pray and continue to give because you don't want to turn the, uh, the radio on at 7 o'clock on the Saturday night and discover that there's a different program on. What happened to contending for the day? Wow. Well, giving slowed down. Giving dried up. People weren't giving. And they couldn't stay on the air. We don't want to hear that. that that's a report we don't want to have to give out. And we're just encouraged to know that you're not going to let that happen. And the Lord's going to work through us all to keep us on the air. But we want to encourage you at our end, keep praying and keep generously giving so that we can keep doing what God has called us to do. And you can keep enjoying the program week after week, gaining knowledge and wisdom and understanding of God's Word. And speaking of God's Word, Dr. Buckner is getting ready to have a speaking engagement uh, this coming up. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That'll be March 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Refuge Church. It's located at one, well, located at 1187 Meadow Lane in Concord, California. That's 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California, 94520. 
So he's going to be there for three days. You know, we're always talking about have Dr. Buckner come to your church. Have him come and present a workshop, seminar, preaching on a Sunday morning. Well, this church, the Refuge Church, has done just that. And so those folks are going to be blessed. He's going to be speaking on Friday, March 17th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. He's going to be doing part one on a message entitled The Christian Walk. It's going to be followed up with part two Saturday, March 18th, from 10 in the morning till noon. And then Sunday morning, he's going to be uh, preaching a message entitled, The Gospel is Fully Loaded, and that's going to be from 10 to 12. So this is an exciting time. If you live in the Concord area, Bay Area at large, great opportunity for you to come out and uh, listen to Dr. Buckner firsthand, get to meet him, and enjoy his over 50 years of training and experience as he proclaims God's Word, and you won't want to miss it. It'll be an exciting time. Uh, for more information, you can give him a call at area code 415-721-1778. So we want to encourage you again, if you want to talk to him or get more information about this event, give him a call at area code 415. That's area code 415-721-1778. Or if you want to email Dr. Buckner, you can also do that at, <clears throat> let's see, jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's jlbcftf at comcast.net. <clears throat> so these are, uh, this is coming up next month. We'll be um, making this announcement for, for a few, few weeks in a row, so you'll have plenty of time to get information. Also, last week, Dr. Buckner, um, February 16th, a couple of days after Valentine's Day, he was a special guest on Craig Roberts' Lifeline podcast. Um, and I know many of, uh, uh, of us got the opportunity to listen to it firsthand, but maybe you missed it. Well, guess what? You can go on to the uh, KFAX uh, website and go to the Lifeline podcast, dates February 16th, and look up the second hour, and you'll find that podcast. It's a great message on uh, the Tiburon uh, Christian Fellowship as they discuss the differences between larger churches and smaller churches and the pros and cons of both. And so you won't want to miss that. Very, very informative interview. As always, uh, Dr. Butler got his start actually with Craig Roberts many, many moons ago. He interviewed uh, Dr. Buckner, and one thing led to another, and next thing you know, here we are on Contending for the Faith. So I want to encourage you to check that out, as well as there are uh, numerous podcasts from our show on the uh, KFAX website that you can also look up. Anytime you miss uh, an episode or part of our series, you can always go to the podcast and listen to it there. It's a great opportunity also to use those podcasts for um, Bible studies and Sunday school. So take advantage of all these resources. All right. I have talked enough. Dr. Buckner, you ready? <laughs> Amen. Good job, Brother Gary and the Lord. Appreciate those announcements. Yes, I am ready. Okay. We got a, uh, the lines are lit up like last year's Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got Jermaine on line one. Uh, good evening, Brother Jermaine. How you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. 
enjoying the show. Good. Thank you so much. Always good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, I know this topic has been brought up many, many times, but uh, women in leadership roles in ministry, I have a relative, and she's a wonderful person, loves the Lord, and she happens to have the title of pastor. And she knows where I stand on it, and, and we haven't talked at length, and, you know, she believes she was called to do that. But uh, I really want to ask, would, could there be a such thing as like a Deborah-type situation where you have a church full of people, but no man will step up? Because I see that a lot more nowadays, where there's lots of men who are there, but they don't seem to want to step into that role of leadership and be out there for the Lord you know, in, in the role that, that would have them kind of responsible. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, uh, when you look at the Old Testament, there are 17 prophets in all in terms of major prophets, and all of them are men. And you call those prophets, and I taught a class on this, you call those prophets proclaimer prophets. And uh, generally, well, all the time, there was never a woman as a proclaimer prophet. And in other words, the 17 men, uh, Isaiah, you know, Daniel, and, and, and so forth, uh, were proclaimer prophets. And Miriam was a seer prophet, you know, the sister of Moses. And when you look at Numbers chapter 12, you'll see that uh, when she she spoke in the place of a proclaimer prophet, and God not only uh, struck her with leprosy because uh, she got a dual uh, discipline, because she not only uh, was acting racist because Moses had married a black woman, but also a lot of people miss this point, is that <clears throat> she started to speak in the place of uh, Moses and Aaron, <clears throat> and God uh, rebuked her and said, I, I, I don't speak to you like the way I speak to uh, uh, Moses now, and then he struck her with leprosy. <clears throat> so, we need to understand, excuse me, that there's a difference between a prophet proclaimer and a prophet seer. Sometimes a man would be a seer uh, and a woman, but a woman never stepped up to the role of that. And then when you get to the New Testament, the, the Bible teaches in the principle of headship. So anytime you talk about the place of uh, women in the ministry, you have to always think about it in terms of, of uh, headship. And now, getting back to Deborah, she was a, uh, like, uh, did prophecy, but as a seer, not as a prophet proclaimer. Uh, but you have to make clarity on that. But when you get to the New Testament, you're talking about headship, and it becomes clearer in the New Testament. A lot of people don't like to hear this, but anytime uh, a woman... Uh, steps into the role of headship, it's a violation of God's design and God's purposes for not only uh, the 
creation, but the family, the church, and and so forth. So uh, I lay it out this way. When you talk about headship, you're talking about headship starting off, number one, in creation. I mean, with the, head, with the Trinity. So when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, and you may want to make a note of this, too. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says the head of Christ is God. So you, Paul is missing the word headship because the Holy Spirit is leading him to that and revealing this revelation to him. And then he talks about uh, the head of uh, the Christ is, is God. So you got headship in the Trinity, and then it comes down in headship in creation because God, after the fall, he said the man shall rule over the woman. Uh, and then you have headship in the family because Ephesians 5 and 23 says, and the husband is the head of the wife. And then you have headship in the church, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. The head of every uh, woman uh, is the man. And then you also have that emphasis in Ephesians 5 and 23. But I think the, the real kudagos, the shot in the skull, that's what I mean by kudagos, is First uh, Timothy chapter 2, it says, Paul says, I permit not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in subjection. So Paul is establishing headship there. And then another kudagos is uh, you have in First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says the bishop must be the husband of one wife. You know, so the bishop is always a man in headship, rulership, leadership, and uh, he must be the husband of one wife. So it says that the bishop is a husband, that's a qualification, and then he's the, the husband of one wife. It doesn't say that it, a bishop is the wife of one husband. So uh, anytime a person teaches contrary to headship, it's a sin, and people need to repent of that. It's a violation of headship. But I want to say this in closing, that women have been used greatly in the Bible, and it's important for us to balance this out. Deborah and many of the women in the Old Testament and then you talk about, you know, women in the New Testament. The first evangelist uh, was Mary Magdalene. She went to the tomb, and, and and the knuckle-headed disciples weren't believing that he had risen, and she ran back and told them. And we see, uh, you know, different women being used in the Bible. And women can also teach men, but not in a pastoral role or bishop role because, you know, we had Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife, and they taught Apollos, but she was under the headship of her husband. So women can teach men. There's some great women teachers, but when they step into the role of headship as a violation to what God has established and I kind of lay all this out. I did a little teaching on it with you, but I laid it out. And, and I did also uh, say this in closing because uh, we're getting ready to get to a commercial break. So uh, I did a four-part series on this uh, that people can contact me and, and purchase 
that did it a long time ago, Gary and I, and it's blessed so many people. When we did Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up and the Headship, people were buying those like uh, people eating hot pancakes. They were that popular. So if you want further information on it, you can always contact me and purchase those because it'll be a real blessing to you with that. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Jermaine. I've given you a lot of meat to put on the bone. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, um, of course, concur with you. I I still am quite wondering, like, what what about a situation where maybe a woman doesn't leave, but if a man won't step up, I'm kind of curious what what to actually do. So we can can talk about that uh, another time. Jermaine, Jermaine, hold your peace for a second. We need to go to a commercial break. Um, We'll we'll pick it up right after the break. So hang on. We'll be right back with more Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cope, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We're going to get right back to our callers. Uh, Jermaine, we want to, um, you know, we're going to have to table this and make a part two out of your question because we've got to get to so many other callers tonight. So call in uh, first thing next Saturday night, and we will continue with uh, Dr. Buckner's explanation on your question. Amen. Okay. Thank all you. right. Let's go. To, are you all right? So let's go to uh, caller number two, Rick. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed by yourself. I got blessed by what you taught to me. All right. All right. Get to hear your voice and what's on your heart, my brother. Another question. You know, when, when, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach us how to pray, what name, mm-hmm. sh- what, what name shall we use? In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit, or in the name of the Father? I'd like an explanation on very that. Good. Okay, very good question, Brother Rick. And uh, this may come to a shock with uh, some people with that question that you have in terms of the answer. Not the question so much, but the, the answer that I'm going to give and I would encourage people to uh, not only uh, listen to what I'm saying, but look at the passage of the scripture that I'm going to give you on this. If you go to, and, and, and write this down, if you go to John 14 and uh, verse uh, 13, John 14 and verse 13, I encourage everybody to look at that in their Bibles. That's why we always encourage people to get to a table with your Bibles. Uh, if you go to John 14 and verse 13, it says, Jesus says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. The Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, Jesus was saying when he was here on earth that uh, as the first comforter that we should pray in his name. Uh, so that's what Jesus taught us to do. But when Jesus got ready to leave, if you turn the pages over to John 16 and verse 23, 
compare these two now. He says in John 16 and 23, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, uh, and then verse 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name? Uh, so, and then he says, verse 25, I shall show you plainly of the Father. Now, what's going on here? Is this a contradiction? No. When Jesus was here on earth, he taught his disciples to pray in his name. When he was getting ready to leave, he says, now, what you're going to do now, you're not going to be asking in my name anymore. You're going to be asking in the name of the Father. So when I pray, I do this, and I teach our congregation to do this. And it, it's, it, some of them, when we first started doing it, it, it took them a while to get readjusted because we've been conditioned to pray in Jesus' name. But the thing is, now, what did Jesus say to do? You don't ask nothing in my name anymore. Uh, so I pray this way. When I pray, I pray in, I come before you in the Father's name through Christ. So, and then what did Jesus say when he gave the, uh, the disciples' prayer in Matthew 6? When they asked him, how should we pray? He didn't say, our Jesus. He says, you pray this way, our Father. There he goes, mentioning the name of the Father again. So uh, it's going to take a, a, a lot of reconditioning for a lot of us because we've been so conditioned. Uh, and we got to move from the condition to the position because we've been conditioned so long to do it that way. But if we're going to be obedient to what Christ say. Now, we shouldn't be condemnatory to anybody that's praying in Jesus' name, because the Lord is going to hear a genuine heart irregardless. But I think also, too, at the same time, we, we need to be intelligent in what Jesus said, and we need to be obedient. He said that you're going to pray in the, the Father's name now, because the Father is, is the one that we go to. And that's why Jesus said, when you go in your, your closet and you uh, talk to your father, and your father that sees in secret uh, will reward you openly. Jesus started pointing them to the father's name. Now, that's what we need to do now. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Um, uh, it's a, a new thing for some of us that's hearing this tonight, but I'm not basing it on Buckner. This is what the Bible said, what Jesus said. And I'm going to be obedient to what he says, and that's what we need to do. All right, hopefully that helped out, Brother Rick. All right, let's try to get uh, to Sophia in, line four. Sophia, how are you doing? I'm very, very well. I said that was a great question of Rick. It cleared up a lot for me. Now, uh, quickly, I want to get to two things, but you just answer one. A little confusing. A number one is a why does the Bible say why God created mankind? You know, you say, some people say to make us happy, some people say he was lonely. So anything in the Bible says that, but you can answer one or both of these. The second thing is, does God choose us? You know, we always say, like, we, I, I repeated that prayer tonight, do we choose, or does God bring the Holy Spirit to save us, and then we choose him? Who chooses who? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not being the, very the clear, Bible, I know. <laughs> yes. Well, we were all created for the, to 
glorify God. It's not that so much that God was lonely because he had a relationship with uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and angels in the uh, eternity. But God created man in his image and likeness because he wanted man to glorify him, to, uh, to worship him, to serve him. And uh, so uh, that was the purpose of God. And when you look at throughout the book of Psalms and uh, look in the New Testament, it's constantly saying over and over that God created man to glorify him. And uh, we've been wonderfully made and created and, and to glorify God. So, uh, and one of the things that the enemy uh, attacks us regarding is not doing that because when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he said, all uh, the kingdoms of the world and the glory will I give thee if you fall down and worship me. So the enemy knew that man's design was to glorify God, and he wanted to distract uh, Jesus from glorifying God. So Jesus, in everything he did, you know, even in a high priestly prayer, in uh, John 17, he says, glorify, God glorified me as I glorified thee. And so the emphasis has always been where God created us for his, his, his glory, his worship, his honor, and that we praise him. Now, as far as uh, who chooses who, you know, when you look at uh, Ephesians, it talks about that we have been elected. So you do a thorough study of Ephesians, and it talks about, it uses the word elected and predestined, and that God has chosen us, even in uh, Revelation and also in throughout the Bible, that he's chosen us. And then Jesus' high priestly prayer, that he says, we, Father, you have uh, chosen them. They may look at John 17 and do a real good study on that, that he says, you have chosen them before the foundation of the world. And so the chosen stuff is something that has to do with God choosing us, as it says in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world, you know, that we would glorify him, worship him, praise him, bless his name, and honor him. And throughout the book of Revelation, you get praises, glory to God, and all of that. So hopefully that, that kind of helps out. That was great. Thank you so much. And I heard you with Craig Roberts. I said, oh, I'm so excited. That's Dr. Buckner. So and it was a really fabulous uh, interview, too. So anyway, God bless you, and thank you both. Oh, good. I'm glad you were able to hear that. We're encouraging other people to <clears throat> hear it because so many people have been blessed. Thank you for that. And always thank you for your wonderful call and your questions. Okay, well, we're going to try to get to our uh, last question, Brother Gary, right? There's a yeah, I had a question off the air, and <clears throat> in light of last weekend's Super Bowl, um, is it a sin to watch sports? <laughs> well, Gary, I'm gonna let you deal with that first of all, because he was messing, with, he was dealing with you uh, last time. So I'm gonna put you on. on the, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do what Alfred said. I'm gonna put you on the hot seat, Gary, again, 
Okay, so this is dealing with Alfred, and then I'll come back and I'll, uh, when you jump off the hot seat, I'll come on it. Well, we, we yeah, we don't have a lot of hot seat time, but I will I will say this: that anything that we put in front of God or before God is a sin, whether it's sports, um, whether it's movies or television or or relationships, anything we put ahead of ahead of God is a sin because it becomes an idol. Now, to say that uh, participating in sports or watching sports is a sin, I would say no. It's like anything else we watch. It's, it's, it's not, they're not doing anything that is immoral or, or ungodly, per se, on the, on the field. Um, but I would just simply say that we have to be careful that anything that we put before God uh, is a sin, becomes an idol. So I'm going to leave it right there. That's a good uh, question, and let me just say this to Alfred as well. When you talk about sports, a lot of people don't realize that the greatest apostle, Paul, was into sports. Uh, he would go to the Hespian Games, mm-hmm. and he would watch them, and Paul even took the Hespian Games, and he would biblicize it and talk about uh, our lives is like running a race, you know, and it talks about that in Hebrews 12 and 1 and uh, that sort of thing. And then Paul talks about even uh, uh, bodily exercise profited little because uh, he, uh, he would go to those games and watch it. But he would also warn about uh, subjecting our bodies to be subjected to Christ that we would not uh, allow ourselves to fall into the worship of those things because you can look at First uh, Corinthians chapter nine and uh, he talks about there uh, how he was uh, running a, a race and talking about how he goes forth to obtain it to receive. Let me see verse First uh, Corinthians nine and verse twenty four. Know ye not that? They which run in a race run all, but one receiveth a prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery of the temper in all things now do it to obtain a corruptible, uh, corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainly to fight, I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should not be a castaway. The word castaway in Greek is disqualified. So what Paul is doing is using sport language right now to say, I'm going to be in subjection to Christ. I'm not going to allow anything to make me disqualified uh, in the spiritual realm from being focused on God. So I wanted to just bring that out. This is a good question that he has as well. Hopefully we've been able to help you out, uh, Brother Alfred. All right. Well, we made it through this one, Dr. Butcher. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's so true. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards or encouragement to us. So please drop us a note 
and let us know how this program has blessed blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, PO Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week. At this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.